0: Okay, this week's episode, Kirk investigates an experimental facility for holding prisoners and finds a sinister scheme. Ooh! What do you think we're going to get?
1: I'm wondering why they're going to a prison. Maybe they're doing a laundry service or something, (laughs) delivering food. I bet we'll have another professor like Nurse Chapel's ex who thinks he's doing humanity a huge favor. Mm-hmm. With his benevolent experiments That mm. turn out to be nightmares <laughs> Probably sending prisoners mad And then trying to find a cure for it Alright yeah Maybe have some hallucinations mm-hmm. Telekinesis
0: mm. Mind dagger throwing <laughs> Oh
1: no I've got it okay. Oh Chris it's going to be a theatre in prisons program Isn't it <laughs> They're trying to rehabilitate <laughs> the prisoners into actors Oh no <laughs> oh, Through
0: golly. a production
1: of Macbeth No
0: wow that I I wish that were all true
1: oh. Rachel watches Star Trek having trouble gentlemen I just don't understand the problem sir you're beaming cargo down to a penal colony Mr. Berkeley there's security force field sir USS Enterprise, Tantalus Colony
0: Rehab Colony, come in
1: Request opening in your force field for beaming down of cargo
0: Enterprise, affirmative Our security cover is now open
1: Energize Any incoming cargo? Just one item, sir Some research material bombed for the Central
0: Bureau of Penology, Stockholm Tantalus cargo ready to beam up
1: Oh, Mr. Berkeley, you might refamiliarize familiarize yourself with the manual on penal colony procedures. Immediately, sir. I think you can take the time to lock this up first. I'll get a vault assignment.
0: Kirk is uh, being kind of smug in this episode, isn't he? <laughs> yeah,
1: he's pretty proud of himself, his superiority. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so, hello and welcome to Rachel Watches Star Trek. This week, we're discussing the episode, Dagger of the Mind, and I'm Chris Lackey
1: and i'm rachel lackey
0: before we get started with this episode rachel and i are planning on launching a patreon page for our podcast
1: yeah and if you don't know what that is it's a way of becoming a patron of an artistic project and you get more for your money than those who don't support it i guess Yeah, yeah and through your support it's hopefully going to be possible to make more shows yeah. as we go along. Yeah,
0: the hope is that if if we can actually make money at this and, and cover some of our costs and our time, uh, that we will try and make this a weekly podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's uh, that's pretty far down the road. We're not exactly sure how many people really actually enjoy the show. A lot of people listen to it. <laughs> I know that from the downloads. But they're like,
1: sitting there hating it, wishing they could leave a one star review and then just get out
0: of there. <laughs> <laughs> or they're just, you know, they're like, hey, it's all right. It's something I to listen pay- to. I
1: wouldn't pay for it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So uh, we want to see how interested people are in the show. And if there is a lot of interest and people are willing to back it with their dollars, pounds or lira, I don't know, uh, sure. then we will We'll do more. We'll produce more. We'll take this thing a lot more seriously than just kind of a fun side project that we're doing right now.
1: And even to sustain it at the level we are now costs quite a bit of money, doesn't it? Bandwidth wise. Yes. Yeah, server stuff. So go to Patreon.com. It's P A T. R-E-O-N and search for Rachel Watches Star Trek and you'll see all of the different rewards that we have on offer.
0: So the more you give, the more you shall receive. So let's get into this episode. As you heard at the top, it started off with the USS Enterprise at the Tantalus Penal Colony to drop off some supplies.
1: An enormous amount of infrasensory drugs.
0: Yeah, it's like a three-foot-tall container, about <laughs> wow. a foot round. That's a lot of drugs. Oof. So the transporter operator isn't all that competent. You know, that's a tactic I think I'm going to start to employ when yeah. I hire people. I'm going to poorly instruct them on how to do their jobs so that I can come in and be all smarmy with them.
1: <laughs> what kind of job are you thinking of? Tell me more about this fantasy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I would be a... Captain of a schooner?
1: Oh, oh, wow. Okay, we're going way off. Yeah, why not? Okay, go, go, (laughs) ma. Captain of a schooner, you say?
0: Yeah, sure. And I would, uh, you know, hire not actual fishermen because I'd have to train these guys myself, Mm. but I would know how they should be trained. Every time they would make mistakes, I'd come in with kind of a smug look on my face and go, this is actually how it's done.
1: (laughs) And you'd catch zero fish. And go under in a week. <laughs> but you'd have your smugness.
0: <laughs> I didn't really think this out very well. I have to agree. This is a fantasy. So they're beaming up this big case of research supplies. Big enough that we both said while watching it, you could fit a, fit person, a person inside.
1: In <laughs> yeah, and it suspiciously says, do not open on the box. Why beam it up then? <laughs>
0: So uh, Kirk and Berkeley, he's the transporter guy, leave. And there's a tech dude in there all by himself. And he's just checking the color of lights, I guess. Okay. That one's blue. Okay. Right down. Blue. (laughs) This one here. Let's see. Green. Okay. That one's green. (laughs) (laughs) Green. Got it.
1: Good job he's talking out loud to himself so he can't hear what's happening in the same room.
0: <laughs> because behind him while he's doing this, the, the box opens up and this crazy old guy, who's the sweatiest person I think I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> Even for <Star> Trek.
0: <laughs> creeps out of the box and he knocks this poor techie out.
1: With a Kirk chop to the back.
0: On the bridge, Kirk is talking to Doc McCoy.
1: Ever been to a penal colony? Ever been to a Turkish prison? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> they talk about how awesome this fella is that runs this penal colony. His name's Dr. Tristan Adams.
1: Oh, not again. <laughs> we had this with What our Little Girls Made Of, where Kirk was swooning over some hero of his. All
0: right, yeah. And
1: fooled into.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly the same <laughs> thing. But Kirk is super into this guy and the types of prisons that he runs. And he talks about how it's not a dark, dank cell, but almost like a resort. And that mm. it actually helps rehabilitate people treating them not like animals. And I gotta say, this is super forward thinking, especially for the 1960s. Mm-hmm. If you look at Norway, their prison system is a lot like what Kirk is talking about. There's no cages. People are generally rehabilitated. There's only about 20% of the prisoners returned to prison mm-hmm. as opposed to America, which is 76.6%. And their crime rate is much, much lower, as is the number of people imprisoned. Per capita, America has 10 times the number of people in prison.
1: Oh, goodness.
0: The governor of Bastini Prison is In Norway, he said this, In closed prisons, they keep them locked up for some years, and then let them back out, not having any real responsibility for working or cooking. In the law, being sent to prison is nothing to do with putting you in a terrible prison to make you suffer. The punishment is that you lose your freedom. Mm. If we treat people like animals when they are in prison, they are likely to behave like animals. Here, we pay attention to you as human beings. Mm. But I gotta say, the proof is in the pudding. Like, these Norwegian prisons have a much better success rate of rehabilitation
1: yeah it sounds like they do from the little we know but correlation or causation what other factors could enable them to run such a system but also mean that there are fewer people per capita in prison what could it be about that population of people that means they could both have a low security Mm -hmm. situation and fewer criminals that's a good point but it'd be great if it is just that it works out so well that that could be implemented elsewhere but you love the idea of everything they do in Norway, don't you? Well, I
0: do. But also, I like the idea that this is kind of prophetic. Yeah. Good on Star Trek.
1: Mm, and he makes a very firm liberal stance at the beginning of the show that he is very much in favor of this.
0: Yeah. But back to the story. The penal colony phones up and says one of their inmates has escaped and that they should maybe be careful. Ugh. Uh, oh, yeah. And he's super violent.
1: <laughs> oh, Great. No scanning or feedback from the transporter that the cargo (laughs) contains an organism of some kind.
0: We now see that crazy, really sweaty old guy is in engineering clothes, sneaking around. Mm. He's spotted by someone who reports him and the alarm is sent out.
1: Finally, a security alert and immediate lockdown. Go (laughs) O'Hara.
0: Good luck with this security team though, as usual. (laughs) (laughs) But they're on the ball, Mm. except for-
1: They're moving with guns. Yeah. But, about it. And
0: I gotta say, we were cracking jokes pretty hard mm. at this point in the show. However, mm. I was super interested yeah. in what was going on and who this guy was. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised because I have really no memory of this episode. Last time I saw it, I was a kid. Mm. It was boring because there wasn't enough fighting in there. Mm. I just never bothered watching it again.
1: Back on the bridge, Kirk is still swooning about Dr. Adams. <laughs> Spock comments that in human society, violence in war is glorified, yet people are imprisoned for private violence. Again, those writers who've lived through one or two world wars, I can Mm -hmm. hear their voices coming through Spock, like some futuristic Wilfred Owen. (laughs) He remarks on the advantage of Vulcans as well. No emotion equals no violence.
0: Mm. So the old crazy guy manages to get up on the bridge with a phaser and demands asylum on the Enterprise. Mm. But Spock sneaks up, gives him the old Vulcan nerve pinch and he's out.
1: Yeah, I noticed that Kirk and Spock don't give any shits about having a gun pointed at them. (laughs) (laughs) Kirk just advances towards him anyway, while Spock sneaks around the back for a pinch.
0: Yeah, they're tough, man. What's a phaser? Peshaw.
1: Invincible?
0: Well, maybe they're set on stun. Anyway, they find out that this guy's name is Simon Van Gelder. They sedate him and restrain him in the sickbay. Turns out that he was the director of the penal colony. Ooh. What? (laughs) Again, super interested. Kirk tries to talk to Van Gelder, but he seems like he's in agony when he tries to talk about anything. Like he just starts screaming and his eyes get all bulgy.
1: Yeah, really. Nonstop. Nonstop with the jaw going and the mouth kind of sagging open and the eyes... Really draining and contorting him. He looks like he's jizzing. (laughs) Shatner's acting looks so subtle in comparison. (laughs) He looks a little weary as well. Yeah, well, yeah, might
0: be too. Someone seems to have messed with his mind. Spock does a little research and finds out that he was in charge before Dr. Adams took over and that they actually worked together implementing Adams' progressive ideas. But that was about six months ago. McCoy thinks it's all fishy and quotes regulations that means Kirk has to do a formal investigation.
1: Amongst lots of knowing looks between Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, <laughs> seems to be a theme these knowing looks.
0: Kirk's got this look where it's smug. Spock has got this sort of like. Should you? Mm,
1: that's a. Mm, that's I don't know. Lordy. No.
0: And then McCoy's kind of. I dare you.
1: He looks kind of turned on. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: could be i don't know maybe not mutually exclusive
1: well yeah Yeah. kirk's drawn in again by the academic hero and he's requested to come down with limited staff come on Kirk. (laughs) he looks so pleased with himself though
0: yeah he gets to meet him he's excited so he tells mccoy to get his best psychiatrist on the ship and send them down to the transporter room and guess who the best psychiatrist on the ship is well none other than dr helen noel And when she shows up in the transporter room, Kirk looks really uncomfortable. (laughs) Turns out they hooked up at a Christmas party. (laughs) Ah, yes!
1: What? I didn't even know they had Christmas parties. I know! How
0: cool is that?
1: We knew they had Thanksgiving because in Charlie X they did the (laughs) synthetic roast.
0: I did a little reading on this and this is the only time in Star Trek that Christmas is mentioned. Oh,
1: So Dr. Helen Noel, the best psychiatrist on the ship, turns out to be his Christmas party hookup because we wouldn't want a woman to be beamed down without sexual tension and a Uh past of one of the male leads.
0: Yeah, but it was good though. I did like it. (laughs) I liked it a lot.
1: But they can never be brought down onto a planet as an expert in their own right.
0: No. Well, maybe not yet. Kirk and Noel are both professionals. Mm -hmm, Supposedly. So they beam down to get the business done and not not the dirty, business, the dirty uh,
1: business not yet anyway well i
0: don't know yeah i, don't. I get the impression mm. that kirk maybe made a little you know pillow talk and didn't call her the next day oh, like that's yes. kind of the way it seems mm. because she seems a little miffed at him and he looks kind of defensive
1: so they get down there and she covers her ass with her hands and then stands with her hands on her thighs as if to trick us into thinking her dress is a reasonable length <laughs> <laughs> she looked really self-conscious. Yes,
0: there is so much bum in this. The skirt mm. is so short; you can see her underpants. Yeah, all the time, all the time. <laughs> all the time. So Adams is there to meet them, and he's super nice and affable. He gets out the booze to toast their arrival.
1: What do you think? Is this time just the Saurian brandy? Yeah, it could be. Kirk phones Spock to say, "Well done on your perfect coordinates." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was sweet.
0: <laughs> as they're talking, this female therapist comes in
1: Wearing an amazing off-the-shoulder caftan Best costume so far And so unrevealing uh, Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's pretty
0: well covered up, isn't she? It was she? beautiful yeah. Ah, Lethe, come in
1: Lethe This is Captain Kirk and Dr. Helen Noel Alethe came to us for rehabilitation And stayed on as a therapist And a very good one too, I might add
0: I love my work
1: Before you came here,
0: I was another person, malignant, hateful.
1: May I ask what crime you committed?
0: Does it matter? That person no longer exists?
1: Um, Part of our cure, if you will, Captain, is to bury the past. Why should a person go on living with unbearable memories if there's no necessity? I feel quite sure that you'd concur with me in that, Dr. Helen.
0: The shifting of memory patterns is basic to psychotherapy.
1: Yes. And now to the toast. You'll forgive us, eh? There you are, Captain. To all mankind, may we never find space so vast. Planets so cold. Heart and mind so empty that that we cannot fill them with love and
0: warmth. Nice toast. It was a nice toast. And I wasn't sure if lethe was a bad actor or, or if she was supposed to be zombified.
1: Mm. Seemed like she was very much the psychoanalytic school of therapy, the blank slate, rather than a person with any empathy whatsoever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so wait, as a therapist, what do you make of the shifting of memory patterns?
1: Well, sometimes I wish I could take people's traumatic memories away. Mm-hmm. There are lots of different approaches to psychotherapy, of course, and one of them's EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization, and that's in an effort to release the hold that memories have on people mm-hmm. after a trauma. It's got a good evidence base. Yeah, a lot of trauma-based therapy would seek to take these repressed memories out of a person's body mm-hmm. so that they can be understood better mm-hmm. and reintegrated consciously. When people repress their difficult memories, it lead to things like painful right. psychosomatic symptoms right behaviors that might be what they're alluding to in terms of people being imprisoned right right so i don't know of any approaches that would remove somebody's memory right. it might be more in terms of trying to better explore and understand that mm. memory
0: so did this sound like it could be plausible psychology but with a sci-fi twist on it
1: i guess it sounded a bit like hypnosis to me mm-hmm. i looked up hypnosis and it had just recently been uh, legitimized as a medical approach oh. in america when this was written. So
0: Doc Adams shows them around the colony and they see this room with a chair kind of bed thing. You know, it's one of those 45 degree angle bed. Well, there's this light above it that kind of flashes and does stuff. And this is the neural neutralizer. Mm. And Adams says that this is the device that Van Gelder was injured on. Adams, he claims that Van Gelder was testing himself on it, put it on full blast and went in with nobody else around Mm. and it fried his brain.
1: Mm. Guess it reminds me a bit of McCoy taking that massive syringe full of the cure the last episode. <laughs> Another hero potentially who was trying out the, well, the approach hey, before well, he tested it on someone else.
0: when Mc- in McCoy's defense, he was going crazy and they were all going to die anyway.
1: Yeah. The stakes were pretty high.
0: Yeah. Whereas this guy was just trying out some new therapy to help some people in a prison. So like, yeah. as a scientist.
1: That's whack. That is, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is, that is whack.
1: Yeah. So Dr. Adams claims it does no good, but they keep using it for hope. <laughs>
0: Some hard science going on here Just in case, yeah Yeah.
1: So the two men keep interrupting Helen And when she asks Kirk why he doesn't take her advice He says the advantage of being a captain Is to ask for advice without having to take it And Dr Adams awards that round to Kirk (laughs) <laughs> oh so rude and dismissive it was
0: very rude very dismissive you didn't let her present an argument to at you at all yeah you just shut her down before she got it out
1: it's an odd mixture because she seems to keep dismissing kirk's instincts to investigate further uh-huh. or doubt dr adams plan so she came across as untrustworthy to me
0: yeah you thought that she was in on it
1: she was just backing up everything dr adams did without any basis for it as far as i could tell
0: well supposedly he was an expert in the field and she knew about his work and mm. so she probably trusted him. So back on the Enterprise, Spock and McCoy are trying to get more out of Van Gelder. They don't get much out of him, but he does say that Dr. Adams is like death,
1: mm. which is pretty harsh. It's quite hard to get things out of him. They keeps sedating him every time he well, gets into
0: it. Because it's this. Oh,
1: oh, juicy. Oh,
0: so real hard watching Uh, since Van Gelder is so confused and messed up Spock says it's mind meld time it's what? the Vulcan mind meld so this is a big thing in Star Trek and happens a lot but this is the first time that he's done a mind meld on a human Mm. I mean he mind melds like a horse at some point (laughs) And a whale. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. You're going to get some good mind melding.
1: Oh, yay. Spock doesn't seem to approve of this mind melding with a human.
0: Yeah. It's a, sh- a sharing of minds. So if your minds are connected, then, you know, there's no secrets.
1: Mm-hmm. Why not just have a good chat? <laughs>
0: Well, in a chat, you're filtering out what you say and what mm. you do with a mind meld. There's no filter. It's like you, <sighs> your minds are shared. And <sighs> so like you will know a person in a way that you have never known them before. And and maybe even pick up parts of their personality and Ooh. incorporate into yours. It's, it's, a, it's a heavy thing to do. Yeah. But of course, in Star Trek, they tend to do it at the drop of a hat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it'd be a bit more like, Orlando, you like it? <laughs> it's autumn sunrise (laughs) from ghost (laughs) but i did like him saying what's our name who are we? That was fun.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cool. And he does a lot of uh, touchy-feely stuff. You know, actually, originally in the script, there, mm. Spock was going to have him do it hypnosis, but then they were like, well, we don't really get how hypnosis works and oh. we don't want to do it in a weird way. And I think... They couldn't be
1: asked to look it up. It's been around for hundreds of years and well, they just brought it into the um, Well, they wanted it to cannon. be
0: like legitimate and they didn't want... Let's, not...
1: let's make something up up instead of being asked to research
0: it properly exactly. and get it Exactly, yeah. because they're on Fair a schedule. Enough. They've got to <laughs> yeah. write a script. they got to get what it done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Spock and McCoy learned from the mind mill, that adams has been experimenting with a bunch of folks including van wilder using the neural neutralizer
1: van wilder <laughs> kirk calls in to say he's spending the night with helen Woo. sweaty van says no no don't let him stay but no one bothers listening
0: no they just said, "Adam again
1: have a good time <laughs> best friends out <laughs> he tells them that dr adams erases memories and puts his own thoughts in there that reminded me of some creepy hypnotist.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Back on the colony, Kirk and Noel want to give the neural neutralizer a spin. So they sneak off and Kirk is going to be the guinea pig. Kirk asks her if it's safe and she's, oh, yeah, psh, it's fine.
1: Uh-oh, it's like the Christmas party all over
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> so when she turns it on, he zones out. And then when it goes off, he doesn't even know that it was on. Mm. So then she does it again, this time giving him a suggestion that he's hungry. She shuts it off. He says he wants to hit the In-N-Out burger on Alpha Gamma 4. (laughs) Noelle is all like, I implanted that. That wasn't, you're not really hungry. And the Kirk's like, people are hungry all the time. So let's try something a little more unlikely in your suggestion.
1: I bet it's a sexy one.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Once he's under, she goes back to the memory of the Christmas party, which they didn't actually do it. Boo. But she suggests that they actually did go back to his quarters Mm -hmm. and did it. Yeah. Woo! I mean, this girl's freaky. And my 1960s TV standards, you know, good for her. Yeah. Yeah. We get a flashback. It's all hazy of Kirk carrying her into his quarters.
1: Oh, they've really let the hair down for the Christmas party. Great <laughs> outfits. The exact same uniforms.
0: <laughs> then just when it starts getting good, Adams and his goons bust in and grab Noel. Adam takes over the suggestions and he tells Kirk he's desperately in love with Noel. And then that Adams is going to take her away from him.
1: God, what a dick move. Yeah, it is. Kirk says Badly. I need you, Helen. So,
0: yeah, Kirk starts freaking out, and we get some solid Shatner action here.
1: Yeah. Is his acting becoming more convincing, or am I just enjoying him more, used to him more, like him more kind of thing?
0: In this episode, I thought he was pretty good. Yeah. But we did have, uh, you know, Van Gelder's performance. Oh, yeah. So I think it's all anything compared. Yeah. To that. So Kirk bites off the suggestions, and then they're both placed in a room. Together for some reason. I don't know why they would do that, but they everyone did.
1: wants them to get it on.
0: <laughs> so Kirk immediately wants to get on Noelle, but she says that it's the neural neuralizer. You're not in control of yourself. This isn't you. Yeah. He pulls it together. Good man. Because he's awesome. Kirk gets an idea and he has Noelle go through the air ducts and he wants her to go to the power controls to deactivate the security shield. And this will make it so they could communicate and get the transporters to work inside. Mm. She's not so sure about this, but she goes for it yeah so kirk is taken back to the neural neutralizer room and they are really giving him the business going all the way up to 10. they're on high alert because they don't know where noelle is because she wasn't in the room when they came back so Mm. they're looking for her but she's too wily yeah she gets to the power room and then she takes a guard out boom and then uh she cuts the power
1: she pretends to swoon and then she (laughs) kicks him And something where he gets electrocuted. Yeah,
0: it's good. Yeah. And this happens right when Kirk is getting all the way up to 11. They're Mm. like, it's going even beyond. They're breaking the dial. And once that happens, he he recoups. Like once the power's cut, he's like, what? Where am I? All right, kick some ass.
1: He can't be tortured into giving up Helen. He's the idealized leader again.
0: Yeah. So knocking Dr. Adams out. And then, of course, he knocks Dr. Adams out with Kirk Chop. Bam! Yeah! So Noelle gets back into the duck, gets to the room where they were. And she meets up with Kirk. Right then, Spock and the security team beam in.
1: Just as Kirk is kissing Helen, <laughs> she says, Dr. Adams did this to you. And Spock gives Kirk a knowing, indulgent maybe look? I don't know. As if to say, oh,
0: Kirk. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't know. it. don't understand these looks at all.
0: Spock turns the power back on, but he disables the shields and the, and the communications, so all that stuff works. Mm. But guess what? Adams is alone in the room with the thing cranked up to 11. Mm. So Kirk realizes this, that he left Adams in there, so he runs in, shuts off the machine, they check on Adams, and he's flipping dead. Yeek. Noelle says that the machine shouldn't have killed him, but Kirk says that he died because he was alone. His mind was emptied and without even a tormentor for company, He just couldn't take it.
1: Thoughts emptied and not replaced with anything. A vacuum and it just implodes.
0: They're able to cure Dr. Van Gelder and he takes over the colony once again. As they're leaving, we get this interaction. How did they cure him? (laughs) I don't know. It's just, it's a flippant line.
1: They just said they did. Oh, Captain, there was a message from
0: Tandell's colony, sir.
1: It was from Van Gelder. He thought you'd like to know the treatment room had been dismantled, the equipment destroyed. Thank you. It's hard to believe that a man could die of long. Enough. Not when you've sat in that room. Take us out of over it, Mr. Spock. Ahead, warp factor one. Acknowledged, Captain. Warp factor one.
0: I don't know if it read in the audio, but Kirk really seemed to experience some serious stuff there. Like, mm. the look on his face was like he, you know, had some PTSD or something. Mm. He was haunted by what he had went through. Yeah. And I mean, he's Kirk, so he's cool. But still, for Kirk, it seemed to be like something really serious.
1: Yeah. yeah. His mind was penetrated. Well, PTSD can occur when a person's normal coping mechanisms have been unsuccessful or unavailable in the crisis. Mm -hmm. For example, if they were unable to fight or flee, which wasn't the case perhaps for him. He was able to resist and fight and end his suffering mm-hmm. so hopefully it'll be okay Could be fine <laughs> it's a shame they dismantled the machine they could have erased the memory for him
0: yeah mm. i thought noelle was a pretty solid female character she stood up to kirk and didn't take crap from him and she kicked ass her skirt like i said was way too short mm. so that undercuts her authority a bit but i thought she was pretty awesome and it was a shame we don't see more of her on the show
1: mm. i'm not sure i agree actually i found her <laughs> odd She's beautiful. She did stand up to him a bit and she was sex positive and had the idea of (laughs) planning the sexy memory and she kicked ass, you know, she solved.
0: Yeah, Yeah, Kirk was in the, he was getting the business and she was solving the problems. Yeah,
1: she was out there saving everybody. But... She just came across as really untrustworthy, as somebody supposedly an expert who clearly had the wrong end of the stick, who blindly trusted this doctor, who was clearly up to no good, mm-hmm. trying to throw Kirk off the scent like a doubting voice against his best instincts.
0: Yeah, that was some poor writing, I think. But mm-hmm. I just liked her. I don't know. I got to think for brunette psychotherapist. <laughs> what can I say? So uh, the role was originally supposed to be Rand was going to be doing it, but they didn't want to show her and Kirk romantically involved. Why? Because I think they wanted that tension, but Mm. also Mm. they didn't have her on there because there was already trouble on the set because one of the producers attempted to sexually assault Grace Lee Whitley, the woman that plays um, Rand, and that's why she was off the show because Uh. of that. Controversy. So, uh, no Macbeth references at all in this as episode. Far as we know uh, the dagger of the mind uh, is from the part of Macbeth where he's planning on killing Duncan, and he sees the illusion of the dagger in front of him. He says, "Is this a dagger which I see before me, the handle toward my hand? Come, let me clutch thee. I have thee not, and yet I see thee still. Art thou not fatal vision, sensible to feeling as to sight, or art thou but a dagger of the mind, a false creation, proceeding from the heat oppressed brain?" So mm-hmm. maybe not sure how that bridges the themes of the show but
1: a false creation related to false memories maybe a dagger used to cut out parts of the mind yeah i thought we'd be in for more shakespearean acting from shatner in this one though <laughs> some uplit creeping and storming around the corridors yeah. instead he left that to van gelder who really did have it up to 11 Wow, <laughs> <throughout. laughs> my goodness no wonder he was sweating
0: yeah rounding this up entertainment i give it a seven i really enjoyed it maybe because i had low expectations
1: yeah i'd agree with a seven i think really enjoyed it it moved quickly Mm. um there was a lot of silly gurning (laughs) Uh, a little bit of kirkfu some weird experiment stuff
0: yeah yeah for concepts eh, five nothing really challenging on a sci-fi level but just enough to make it an interesting story
1: certainly compared to the last one it didn't resonate on a deep level or give me so many thoughts about how it could apply to society's yeah. difficulties.
0: Sexiness, uh, Seven, the Kirk and Noel stuff kind of got me going a bit.
1: Hmm. In her own fantasy of how the Christmas party might have gone down, uh-huh. she said as he carried her towards his room, she was worrying about her reputation with the crew seeing her. If you cared for me, maybe it'd be okay. And he says quite brusquely, well, if you want me to manufacture a lie... I'm not going to. then she just kisses him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of sexy. But it was. It <laughs> I did also disapprove. Oh, well. She was attractive and so was Kirk. Yeah. But the jizzing guy turned you oh. right off. <laughs> so five.
0: <laughs> oh, golly. The next episode we're covering will be the Corbinite Maneuver. Ooh. Oh, this is a good one. Oh, you this remember is, this yes, one? Yes, this is a classic. This is one I really like, or at least I remember really liking it. I haven't seen it in quite a few years. I want to uh, just again mention our Patreon, and uh, hopefully, if you're enjoying the show, you'll support it, and maybe we'll do more of it, and we'll become a big thing, and everybody will want to listen to Rachel watching Star Trek.
1: <laughs> yeah, please go over to patreon.com P A T R E O N.
0: Uh, so please go and check it out. Uh, Rachel, it's been a delight, as always, to watch Star Trek with you and then talk about it afterwards.
1: Thank you, and you.
0: And with that, I'm Chris Lackey.
1: And I'm Rachel Lackey.
0: And you've been listening to...
1: Rachel Watches Star Trek. Rachel watches Star Trek!